0: home for Christmas, please come home for Christmas, if not for Christmas, by New Year's night, friends and relations. Yes, we're back with the vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Just before the break, we were talking about the third shot, boosters. And Dr. Gorfinkel, is there one, whether it be Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, that stands above the rest when it comes to uh, boosters and better protection from Omicron?
1: I think the best advice is get what's available and when you can get it, especially given the long waits. The forest through the trees here, without any doubt, is... The disease is spreading fast. The booster shot is going to improve your chances of not having COVID-19. So, and, and I'm talking about Omicron specifically. So that's why it's important to get it. It'll take two weeks from the time you get that booster shot anyway, you know, until the time that a person actually has protection from it. If you look at data from Pfizer, Pfizer says, you know, you get the booster shot, boom, your antibody levels go up by 25 times. Moderna says you get their half-dose booster shot, and it goes up 37 times. But the problem, though, is that that has nothing to do with real-world data. You know, so our immune system's response has a lot to do with a, a bunch of other things. You know, for example, what other vaccines have you had? What's your past medical history? What's your age? What's your infection history? I'm just saying there are a lot of things that play a role in that. So when you just look at purely how much does an antibody go up, that's not as practical to me and as useful to me as a GP than what is happening in the real world data. So let's take a look at Ontario data. So what happens? If you compare somebody who's unvaccinated to somebody who's vaccinated, you've reduced infections by twofold. What about hospitalizations? It plummets. Okay. So who's getting hospitalized? The unvacc- the people who have had no vaccinations, are fifteen times more likely to get back- to get hospitalized. What about in the ICU? They're twenty-five times more likely if they're unvaccinated. That's practical data.
0: You know, we're seeing uh, many breakthrough cases when it comes to uh, Omicron, a uh, breakthrough uh, COVID. Uh, what is that uh, telling you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It comes as no surprise. We know that you know Omicron has over fifty mutations in its proteins. And if you take a look, over 30 of them involve just the spike protein. And that's why our vaccines, if you look for every single new variant that we get, it just gets less and less effective. So finally, we have one that the efficacy has has dropped considerably. And now what used to be 95% is now 75%. And that's still pretty good protection, but no one's saying that's perfect. And that's why, because we've got this constellation of imperfectly moving parts. That's what makes it so important to do other forms of mitigation, keeping gathering small. That's a huge deal, because the problem is we can try to, and remember this term, Jeff, flatten the curve? That's Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. We're trying to flatten the curve on hospitalizations now, because what otherwise will happen is everybody gets the disease all at once, and then, boom, we are in deep doo-doo.
0: Well, when it comes to flattening that curve, a lockdown, of course, instituted starting yesterday at 5 o'clock in Quebec. And by the way, if you're just joining us, a uh, record number of cases there, just over uh, 5,000. They've set the single-day record for cases in one province today. Uh, That, again, instituted that lockdown in Quebec uh, yesterday. Is there a need? Could there be a need, do you think, Dr. Gorfinkel, for something similar, some kind of circuit breaker here in Ontario, or do we still have some time?
1: I don't think we'd have time on that at all. I mean, if you consider that cases are doubling every three days in Ontario, you know, look at what happened in the UK and Denmark. We can learn from them. Um, They see cases doubling every two days. You know, so the closer you live, like in terms of we have a population that is a lot of us are living in a relatively small area. That's a problem. So if we just keep gathering and pretending like, oh, we can just do it or cut it by 50%, I don't think that that's going to be enough. I think we we can learn from what's happening in other countries. So basically, you've got Europe. They've got three weeks of data on Omicron. We have two weeks of data. South Africa has seven weeks of data, but they are so different than us because, as I said, they're a much younger population. So really, we're just... We just have to do the best we can to navigate, to stay ahead of the curve. I want to see us being proactive, not reacting. And in the past, what's happened is that hospitals got overwhelmed, you know, healthcare workers got horribly burned out, a ton of nurses quit, leaving ICUs, you know, asking what they're going to do, hire just temporary people, I guess. You know, so this is a serious problem. We could try to be a lot more proactive about it. Yes, we, we, you know, what are we going to do? I believe that, you know, we can do our best, but this Omicron is fast outpacing what we are able to do. But in terms of hospitalization, can we, can we mitigate? Can we flatten that curve? Absolutely. But we have to embrace the whole enchilada. It cannot be just rely on the vaccine, forget the testing, forget the masks. It's got to be the whole enchilada.
0: Okay, does that include Christmas uh, gatherings? I wanted to ask you just finally here, because as you know, so many families were looking forward to the Christmas holidays, that this was going to be the Christmas that we could get back together with a family uh, once again. Uh, What's your best advice when it comes to gathering over the next couple of weeks?
1: When everyone is fully vaccinated, it's probably safe. But we should keep that number, the number of people congregating lower. We, We shouldn't invite all these extra families on. You know, because we have to keep in mind, those vaccines are 75% effective. You know, so once you've got a booster shot, you've cut your risk in about half of having a case. Like, you can still get it. You know, so that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is testing. The best time to test is immediately before a person goes to a party. Immediately before. And why is that? Because that test result can change within hours. Why would that be? Because, you know, we have to give the virus time enough to multiply. You know, so right after getting infected, the virus is just sitting there. It's not enough for any test to pick it up. It actually takes time for the virus to multiply so that rapid tests can see it. And don't forget, rapid tests do not photocopy. They don't magnify a signal. They just pick up whatever signal is there. PCR, I like to think of as photocopier. It can pick up even small signals and magnify them. So that's great, but you can't get a PCR right before you're going to a party. So the best thing to do is immediately before do the rapid test. Make sure that it's negative right before seeing those high-risk people.
0: All right. Some uh, great advice. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, thank you so much for this today and really thank you so much for all of your time this past year and your expertise, helping us all, helping our listeners better understand what exactly is going on and what has been a really confusing and challenging year. And I wish you a happy holiday and look forward to speaking again in the new year.
1: Many thanks. All the very best to you and yours, staff.
0: All right. Thank you, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, vaccine researcher, family physician with us. And we're back with a news update to two o'clock next here on Global News Radio.